Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Headlights are a cut in the fog on a midnight highway And eighteen wheels are a driving through the dawn There's a Blue Ridge Mountain sunrise filling the mirrors And the ashtray's full, the coffee's almost gone And the truckers heading west to Colorado Passing the miles with his friends on the CB coast And tonight the truck stops somewhere out in nowhere And tomorrow's the wind and the open road And I believe he's gonna drive that rig to glory And I believe I feel the freedom in his story Riding that diesel wine Chasing that long white line Dropping that load on time And he's going home Hi everybody and welcome to the Interactive Internet. I'm your host, Steve Carr, welcoming you to our Sunday show. And uh, I am uh, looking up something here real quick. Okay. All right, I've got that. Let's see now. Oh, it looks like we got um, got almost a full house. We have Lou and we have Brian on today. Hi, Lou. Hey, Pete. Hey, Lou. Uh, Brian. Yep. Ah, there he is. Okay. Um, where are you at, Brian? Just now leaving a shipper after four hours. Yeah. Okay, so you're um, you're over in Compton. Uh, Colton. Colton, Colton, California. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's out towards Ontario area. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brian's uh, here. Lou's here. Um, Lou, how are you doing after your long weekend? Well, if it wasn't for this cold or whatever I have in my head and throat, I'd be doing fantastic. But it was a great weekend. It really was, okay. even if it did rain the whole time. Yeah, you um, you were in, over in Melbourne on the coast, on the Atlantic coast, and uh, what was it you were doing? I was doing continuing education. I got um, 20 hours, which is what's needed for my state license. So I got it all done. I don't have to do it again for two years. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good. Uh, anyway, um, I was talking to Lou before the show, Brian, 
and I said I was going to uh, quickly skim over a couple of news items and then get into the bulk of the show. Um, the basic topic for this show today is, will there be a national election in 2016? Um, and I posted that on Twitter, and I said, I'm not too sure at this point. Anyway, uh, we can get into that. We can get into whatever we want to get into, because, hey, man, it's our show, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, let's see now. We had a couple of celebrity passings to go over. Um, what was it? Uh, what was her name? Bobby Brown Houston? Um, no, it was uh, Kelly something Brown. Kelly Bobby Brown or Bobby Kelly Brown? Ah, uh, okay. Okay, well, she passed away um, this past week, and she was two years old, something like that? Yeah, quite young. Yeah, yeah. Um, From what I saw, the only thing that I saw from a coroner said that it was as a result of drowning. Because she had been found back in January in a bathtub, unresponsive, and, and was in a hospital. So I think I think the cause of death was consistent with drowning. Anyway, we have that. Um, who else did you say? Oh, I know. Um, country singer Lynn Anderson. Uh, mm-hmm. She was 57, and she was most famously known for the uh, for the hit country single "You Never Promised Me a Rosebud." And I uh, I retweeted that information, and then I also retweeted that I, I went on the YouTube and I found the song, and I retweeted it, and I said that this song always reminded me of the United States Marine Corps, and that's why I joined the Army. Um, back in the 70s and 80s, that was a pretty big song around the Marine Corps, and, and the drill instructors, the drill sergeants would play it for the recruits. I see. We told you so. That was that was the um, that was their uh, their theme song, kind of. You know, we never promised you a rose garden. Anyway, Lynn Anderson, one of the um, one of the old time uh, country people. You know, you have so many people that come out now uh, that that consider themselves country singers and all that, but. It was kind of when Anderson was definitely in that group. Um, Lou, were you a fan of Lynn Anderson? Pardon? Were you a fan of Lynn Anderson? Yes, I was very much a fan of Lynn Anderson. Um, and everyone from that time period, because that is actual country music. It's not honky-tonk. And it's not crossover, it's actually country music that tells a story, etc. Right. And she was good. There was Lynn Anderson, Barbara Mandrell, Loretta Lynn, and I can't remember, I can't remember if it was Dolly Parton or somebody else that were the four that basically sometime throughout every year or two would get together and do something. Uh-huh. 
So Lynn Anderson was very good. A lot of people have redone the song, but nobody can do it like she did. The one that's come the closest was Marie Osmond. Yeah. So. Well, I uh, I reposted the YouTube video <laughs> where she did that song. Um, you know, and, and of course I remember the song because, uh, when I was an instructor at Aberdeen, Maryland, I had army students, I had marine students, and I, and I had Navy SEAL students. And the marine students used to play that song in their barracks all the time. Mm-hmm. So if, if I was on CQ duty that night, which is charge of quarters, if I was on CQ duty, um, you know, we had lights out at uh, 2300, which is 11. And uh, you would hear that, you know, they had two floors of Marines um, and two floors of Army personnel. And you could hear that song playing from one end of the hallway down the other. And right at 11 o'clock, it all got playing. Anyway. Uh, and then, you know, getting out of the Army in, in uh, 74, going out on the road, driving a truck. Uh, the uh, the all night trucker stations like WWL in New Orleans would uh, would play country music of the time of the sixties and seventies and, and country humor. So I heard a lot of the uh, a lot of the old traditional Glenn Anderson and all the rest of them. Uh, but I was never really a fan of, of country music, and certainly when it changed and they started calling it New Country. I just gave up completely. Uh, the trucker radio stations all went over to uh, Sirius and XM Satellite, and I don't have that. So I'm missing the, uh, the trucker shows. Um, WBAP used to be Bill Mack at night for the trucker show, and now it is um, two guys that, that basically... Uh, are all-night talk show hosts. They have a little trucking information, and they have practically no music. Um, so I really don't listen to WBAP anymore. Uh, I think WWL out of New Orleans, I think they have Coast to Coast on it right now. Uh, like I said, the, the, the old-style country, the trucker radio stations, they've all gone to satellite long time ago. Anyway, another uh, another singer, and uh, most of you in the states wouldn't wouldn't recognize the lady. She was in what they called the British Invasion. This is back when we had uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Herman's Hermit, uh, Freddie Dreamers, and all that. And Phyllis Black, her big song that that you may or may not recognize was the theme song from a movie called Alfie. Uh, after, after the late 60s, Philip went uh, from radio and, and singing. She went over to BBC television and was what they call a presenter. Television. A presenter can either be a host of a show or a newscaster. They're all called presenters. And, and she was a presenter on BBC TV for a lot of years. Uh, the British would remember her, the Americans not so much. Anyway, she passed away uh, yesterday. And I think 
I think she was 72 or 77, something like that. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Zilla Black, and she changed it. Her her real last name was White, and it didn't sound good in uh, in in the British pocket days, and so they changed it to Zilla Black, uh, and that was her name after that. Anyway, um, those are the celebrity passing. Uh, we have one other news item to hit. And that is last night down in Memphis, uh, a Memphis cop by the name of Sean, Sean Bolton, 33 years old, made a traffic stop and was killed by a perpetrator, um, not a suspect, a person of interest. Uh, so let's, let's hope that that gets, uh, you know, that the perpetrator goes to justice. Now, I came across Southern and Central Illinois couple of hours ago. And I'll tell you what, folks. Illinois and Missouri had cops all over the place. Mm. Memphis, um, where I got on Interstate 57, Memphis was only uh, about 150 miles south. And Interstate's going to hang around Memphis. They're going to get out of there. And the most likely places would be to uh, Birmingham, Nashville, Chicago, or St. Louis. Maybe Kansas City, but definitely Birmingham, Nashville, Chicago, St. Louis areas. One of those four. So there were cops out all over the place. Supposedly, they have a person of interest. Now, let's hope this is the person and they have them in custody. Anyway, um, Lou, you were first up on the phone. Do you have anything to... uh, throw in here before we get on to today's subject? Um, no, actually, because I have been away all weekend and so forth, I really don't have a whole lot. Just, you know, what we got into already. Okay. So, I'm going to leave it to Brian. Hello, stranger. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting here listening to this, um... The 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 best celebrity death, yeah, that's kind of before my time, <laughs> so uh, I can't really touch on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 thing is shooting, Dad. I don't know if it's just me, but you kind of you sound kind of muffled a little bit. So um, um, what exactly happened in Memphis? Uh there was a Memphis police officer that made a traffic stop last night, and whoever oh. he stopped. Whoever he stopped shot and killed the officer. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that's what's going on. Now, I haven't I'm, heard anything not, about that. I'm I'm not on my speaker or anything. I'm straight on the phone here. Oh, I don't know. It might be me. You just sound a little muffled at times. Okay. Now, that's perfect. All right. Well, we'll try and talk up and clear. Yeah, that's better. There you go. All okay, right. main topic... Since uh, since we're moving on, <laughs> the the main the main topic that I chose for today was there is going to be a national election in the United States for president in November of 2016. I have been watching for several years now, a number of years, and 
I'm not exactly sure as if we're going to have a national election next November or not. Um, there's too many things that seem to be unrelated that, that are starting to move toward one another. And that, you know, we're, we're going from... Um, we're going from theory to reality here. We're still in the theory stage, folks. The reality of it is all of these theories are starting to come together. And that's what the scary thing is. You know, and I'll try and hit the high spot. Um, There is an old saying that goes back to the Roman days. It's divide and conquer. And over the past couple of years, Obama has been um, portrayed as the divider in chief. You know, we had um, we had a number of incidences last year involving white police officers shooting uh, unarmed black citizens and. A whole movement came up out of this, the, uh, the the Ferguson movement, which is not just Ferguson anymore, but it's Baltimore and every place else. Um, there is a there is a subgroup called Black Lives Matter. Police shooting. Now, there was another police shoot, or there was a a citizen shooting in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, white kid went in and killed nine people in a black church. Now, in doing the research on this individual, it was determined that this kid was supposed to be some sort of a white separatist because he was portrayed showing the Confederate flag. Well, this sparked a whole movement where Black Lives Matter and the Ferguson people got together and forced... um, Amazon and eBay to no longer sell Confederate flag themed merchandise on their websites. Uh, Walmart, uh, same thing, got them, you know, coerced them to uh, stop selling Confederate flag merchandise and all that. These people in this movement are, are creating a larger movement. They are trying to gain strength in numbers. And just recently, one of the three women that started the uh, Black Lives Matter group was interviewed on TV and said that as far as the Republican National Convention goes next year, they are going to disrupt it. They're already saying that they are going to disrupt the National Convention. And we've talked about that on this show before. Um, the real short of it is if you disrupt the Republican or the Democratic National Convention. You disrupt our form of government. This is how our government is elected, through the convention. That's exactly how it works, and it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. You have to be opposed to the disruption of our system. Well, they're saying they're going to disrupt it. If the delegates to the convention are not able to vote. I'm not sure exactly how they are going to pick a Republican candidate if they cannot vote. So you have that going on. 
you have the um, the Black Lives Matter and the uh, and the Ferguson group that at every turn, every time there is a white police officer shooting a black citizen, they begin protests and they have riots. The biggest one was in Baltimore this this last year. They are looking. They are watching the news, and as soon as something happens like that, they organize their protests. And it's only going to get worse. You know, yes, we do have police officers that need to be accountable for their actions on duty. And if they are in the wrong, they need to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But, you know, folks, it's the legal system that deals with it, not a bunch of looters. Ferguson, they burned down black on businesses. They looted businesses, both black and white. How does that uh, put your message across that you are protesting the killing of an innocent person? By stealing a TV, uh, you are not telling me that you are anything more than a common criminal. You're not protesting anything. You're rioting. Big difference. So we do have this undercurrent organized violence that's going on in the country. Now, uh, what was it, two weeks ago over in Chattanooga, we had um, five, we had four Marines and one sailor killed um, by a supposed uh, lone wolf Islamic sympathizer. Now, when there is a black citizen that's killed by a police officer, the White House, or Barack Obama as the White House, issues a statement. Barack Obama didn't say anything about the five service members being killed. Not a thing. Would not put the flags at half staff, nothing. Went out and went golfing. And I just posted on my Twitter feed, I said, you've got to retweet this and you have to read it. It was an open letter from a Chattanooga Marine to the President of the United States. And basically it was a how dare you letter. It was a letter that said either stand up as Commander-in-Chief or step down. Um, I suggest you read the letter. If you follow me on Twitter, you can get it. Uh, if you don't follow me, look for car or gov of CO. That's who I am on Twitter, and that's who, where you'll find it. And I'm going to retweet that again this afternoon after the show, folks. This letter is vital, and it explains a lot of what Barack Obama has or has not done in the eyes of this Marine. You know, uh, what was it, about a month ago? Department of Defense said that they were going to cut they were going to have a, uh, what they call a RIF, RIF, reduction in force. They are basically laying off a lot of active duty military personnel. Now, at the same time, and I just saw this the other day, Department of Defense in the recruiting command was complaining that they were not meeting their quotas. Their new enlistee quotas. They were not meeting their new enlistee quotas, yet they're getting rid of a lot of the old timers. To a certain extent, <laughs> it's basically one in and one out. 
if you want to maintain a certain troop strength, just for for sake of argument, let's say you want to maintain a troop strength of 100,000 active duty personnel. Now, in that year's time, if you have 10,000 of them retire, that means you have to enlist 10,000 to keep your troop length, uh, your troop strength at 100,000. About laying off, what was it, 40 or 50,000 um, active duty personnel. And I know damn good and well that the, that the recruiting quotas for the military is not 50,000. It's not one-on-one. Because you have to remember, not only do you have the forty or 50,000 that are being forced to leave the military, but you have others whose term of service is up and they're moving on. You have others that are retiring and they're moving on. So the forty or 50,000 reduction in force is on top of normal reduction in a year's time due to um, expiration of time of service or retirement. He is gutting the military. Completely gutting it. And the only thing that's holding the barbarians of the world at bay is our military. That's it, folks. Without a military, we are defensive where Barack Obama is taking us. Now, Look at what happened with the immigration thing. Basically, Barack Obama and his administration have given illegal immigrants a free pass into the country. Here's another thing that they're doing. They are offering them a seat on the military table. They are offering to take some of these illegal aliens and put them into our military. You know, these are people who have no allegiance to the United States. So if if they come into this country illegally and they're given, you know, basically three hots and a cot, they're given a uniform, they don't speak English, they're they're in our Spanish language brigades, they have they are not United States citizens, they don't know the first thing about the Constitution of the United States. If this happens, who are they going to be? Who are they going to owe their allegiance to? You know, in their country, they owe their allegiance to the person that gives them the job or gives them the tortillas or whatever. The person that takes care of them is the one that they subscribe to. So you have illegal aliens coming into the military. They have no allegiance to the United States and the Constitution. Their allegiance is to the person that gave them the job. Barack Obama is moving out career military people and and putting in place people who owe their allegiance to and not our country. There's there's several other things that's going on. Um that, that lead me to believe. Okay, let's look at it from a political angle for just a minute because this is important. Right now, the Democrats have their presidential contender um, 
the number one presidential contestant, Hillary Clinton. Man, right there, that, that, that's a red flag warning right there, folks. A woman who will not talk to the press. In fact, one of my people, uh, one of my journalist friends just tweeted something this morning. Hillary Clinton obviously was asked a question, and her answer was, if it is, then I will answer it. Mm. And I really, I need to find out what the question was. But anyway, this, this journalist was saying, this is the ultimate in um, obfuscation, in, in hiding the truth, in not talking to the press. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to answer questions. Not until she's made president. You notice I said made right on her heels is an bad socialist. You know, Bernie Sanders from Vermont, a socialist. These two are the front runners in the Democratic Party. And nobody is giving much credence to either one of them. You know, the Democratic Party, the National Party, they're not saying very much about either one of them. Usually they try and and push, you know, their candidates. Because pushing their candidates gets the vote. They're not saying anything about either one of them. They're more concerned with Donald Trump over on the Republican side right now. But you look at the you look at the front runners for president next year. Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump. Man, it's gonna be an election, it's gonna be a free for all. If that's the best the two parties can do, it's as if they know all we're doing is going through the motions because the, the real election will not happen. You know, you put up somebody who has no chance, Hillary Clinton. You put up a socialist who will not get the independent vote, Bernie Sanders. Cruz and Rubio, who are pretty decent folks. Uh, Rick Perry's all right. Scott Walker's all right. But Donald Trump, buying the White House, he's basically the front runner. And he's the one that's going to buy the White House. He's going to purchase the Oval Office for four years. And the Republicans are, are hammering down on him. Here, when we have the Republican and the Democratic National Convention, if they go on, they will nominate their candidate and by God the parties have to stand behind their candidates from that point forward. Unlike the 2010 Colorado race uh, that I was in, where the Republican Party uh, voted a nominee for governor, and the Colorado Republican Party promptly threw the sky overboard. Didn't give them anything. You know what? This is almost like we're standing outside and we're looking in. We're looking in through a glass that has a little imperfections on it and nothing looks right. None of this looks right to me, folks. Nothing. Okay, that's where we're at. Um, 
for introduction, so I'm going to give Brian first time for uh, his say on what we're talking about to this point, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of a, it's, it's a mess, seriously messed up situation. Basically, everything well, you just uh, said. I mean, we have illegal immigrants coming in. Now they, they can join our military. No, no, absolutely not. I 100% disagree with that. The protests going on, those are, you said it yourself, those are not protests. Protests are, you know, standing outside with, you know, picket signs, thing, you know, that people can understand. Going into a store, you know, burning it, stealing stuff. No, you're you're just making yourself look like an idiot, or an even bigger idiot, really. I mean, you you were already an idiot when you decided to, you know, join the the, the riots. Um, the the letter that the Marine wrote, I didn't actually read the letter. He had a uh, a video, and I watched the video. It's like 11 minutes. I watched half of it. And he starts off by saying, Mr. Obama, I'm not going to call you a president or a commander-in-chief because you're not one. You know, something along those lines. The uh, the Marines that got shot, it's, it's a messed up situation. I know one of them was uh, facing charges um, because he discharged a firearm on federal property by protecting himself. No, he doesn't deserve to face charges. Um, the presidential candidates, I haven't really kept up with that. I watched uh, a little bit of the news the other day, and it was the uh, the GOP um, presidential candidates. Some of them seemed all right. There was one of them, I can't remember his name exactly, but you know, the, he said one thing that I, I completely agreed with, and that was, you know, give the power back to the states like it's supposed to be. You know, the the, uh, the health care. Okay, we have this Obamacare. It's now ran by the government. That should be mandated by the states. Education, that should be mandated by the states. And, and basically, that's what he said. And I agree with that 100%. Donald Trump as a president... That's like Arnold Schwarzenegger running for governor. You can almost guarantee he's probably going to be elected president because he's a celebrity. I mean, it's just kind of like the same thing with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger running for governor. Oh, look, a major celebrity is running for governor of uh, California. We're going to elect him because, you know, everybody knows him. I think it's going to be the same way with that. Hillary Clinton, (laughs) it's a laughing matter. She probably just as bad as Obama. It's a serious, messed up situation. Our country has definitely gone downhill. People need to open their eyes and, and realize it. They, they they choose not to see it. That's best well, all I have. You know, and uh, you had a couple of good points there, um, taking your last one. That, that people need to open their eyes because they're not seeing it. Um, you know, when I'm on Twitter, I follow a lot of different kinds of people. 
And it seems like as the months have gone by, and, and this is another one of my warning signs, as the months have gone by, my liberal friends have gotten more quiet. When, uh, when somebody says something about, said something about Barack Obama um, going out on a golfing vacation or Michelle Obama going on vacation, my liberal friends were quick to jump in and say, well, you know, Bush did this, Reagan did that, um, you know, they took this many days at the ranch. They don't say anything anymore. They're quiet. And every time something comes out about the Obamas, the, the friends of mine that said something don't say anything anymore. And I think it's because they're simply afraid to admit. When you support a candidate and support a president and somebody shows you the dirty goods on that guy, you're, if you say, yeah, that's wrong, then you're also saying, well, I guess I was wrong in voting for that David. No, you weren't wrong in voting for the person. You're wrong in not standing up for the truth. And that's what's happening in the liberal community that I see is that they're all, they've all gone underground. There's a couple of still making noise. And it's because people discount them as whack jobs. But, you know, I'll tell you what, folks. You've got to read between the lines when they say something. You know, Maxine Waters or, or Debbie Wasserman Schultz or whoever. When they say something, read between the lines because they're telling you what the Democrats are really thinking. But they always leave it for the, for the loony tunes to go out and actually say it because they're expendable. But I'll tell you, Brian, a lot of my liberal friends have got awful quiet lately because they know something is seriously wrong. And they don't mm-hmm. want to admit they don't want to admit that they were wrong. And that's a human trait. You know, we we we're very reluctant to say we're sorry or to say that we were wrong. That's with anybody. It takes a lot of courage to stand up in public and say, folks, I was wrong. And that's what's going on right now, is that the more intelligent are my liberal friends. See what's going on. And no, it's wrong. Anyway. Um, yeah, uh, I, I read through the Chattanooga letter. I didn't see the video, but I'm going to go back and watch this guy's video. Yeah, it's like an 11-minute 11-minute uh, video. Like I said, I watched you know, most of it. But then I realized, okay, this is like 11 minutes, you know, I'm, I stopped watching it after a while. So I didn't, I, I kind of skimmed through the article and went over, you know, everything. So, I mean, it was a really good letter, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he said he, he was, he was going to mail the letter, but with the way, you know, the, the, I forget what it, what exactly he said. Instead of actually mailing the letter, he decided to make a video that way, you know, everybody can see it, share it, and, and all that. Right. I'll, I'll I'll post that up on my Twitter feed. Maybe I'll find a link and, and put it on my uh, blog talk. Uh, anything else, Brian? No. Basically, throw my two cents in, so we'll let Lou uh, throw her two cents in as well. Okay, Lou, your time. 
Well, you know how I already know how I feel about the majority of what's going on in that that subject of the election coming up and the people involved. Pardon my voice, but I think I'm losing it. Um, I'm not interested in anyone that's running, not at all, in any way, shape, or form. The only one that I can think of of the entire group that doesn't have any greed involved is Trump. He's got his own money, and he knows it. And he's got enough to do it without any of them. Can he do it? I don't know. Would he be worth anything? I don't know. But the others, I would not trust them with my worst enemy. Is there going to be an election? I'm right up there with you, Pete. I'm questioning it. I really am. Let's say it'll be a miracle if it happens. If somebody doesn't cause something to happen to stop it, it will be a total miracle. Okay. Anything else? No, I think that's probably more than enough to get me into all kinds of trouble. Lou, what you, what you said that, that kind of brought up a uh, brought reminded me of something. You know, last the last presidential election, Dad, you were saying that Obama would probably do something to cause like what a, a national emergency where he can become president indefinitely. That and, is a you know, possibility, and things course, have been happening. Yeah, and of course, you know, he did get reelected, and that's mm. when I, you know, that's when I threw in that. You know, he knew he was going to get reelected, so he's going to wait until his second term is up, and that's probably when he's going to do it. And the way everything is going on in this country, it's kind of leading towards that. Yeah, that's my point. Remember I said that there are people who will say silly things and put it out in the public just just to get a reaction? Mm Mm-hmm. Last week. And I don't remember where he was. Last week, Barack Obama was speaking before a foreign group and said that if he could run for a third term, he believed that he could be reelected president. He said that last week. He, he said what? Be reelected president. <sighs> Does he? have any idea how much damage he's caused and how yeah. many of his old constituents he has lost? Yeah. Is he delusional? You see, no, it's not a delusion, bro. He put out the idea of him being president again. Framed it in such a way that he's not calling on the American people, he's saying the Constitution is wrong in limiting to two terms. 
well, he's changed everything else. Why not change that too? <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, he, he doesn't, doesn't have to live the, by the law. He's ignored the Constitution on so many different points. But you see, in him saying it, he solidifies his hardcore supporters into thinking, you know, now now the bug has been planted. The idea has been planted in his hardcore supporters' minds that maybe this is what we should have happen. There are, there would be a certain number of people who, and and I'm, I'll go back to my to my point and and tie these two together. This summer's been actually pretty quiet so far for rioting action, but yet these groups keep getting bigger and bigger. Maybe they're gaining strength for next year, next summer when they have the Democratic and the Republican National Convention. These these groups are not going away. They're getting, they're getting stronger. And when you have a strong group, at some point they act. And I think that's exactly what's happening. They're going to wait till next year and act. And tie that in with Barack Obama saying that if he could run again, he would, he would get re-elected. There are hardcore people in this country who would want to see him president again. It's all starting to tie in with each This is why I'm worried. Go ahead. I'm trying to have a little talk here about it. Either one, Lou Brian. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> You're very just kind of speechless about it. You don't very often catch me that way either. <laughs> well, that's what he said, Lou. He believes he could be reelected. Putting, he's putting the bug in the ear. Yeah, well, I still think he's delusional. Well, yeah, he is. Because this country... I agree. Is too well, it, you know, I have been he racking my... I, I've been racking my brain trying to, up, he, trying to come up... Trying to come... He wants power. Yeah, I, I've, I've been racking my brain trying to come up with a scenario where the administration would declare a national emergency, suspend the Constitution, suspend habeas corpus, and, uh, and, and put in the military as, um, you know, the national scenario yet. I don't know what would be so serious that they would have to declare a national emergency. And then they would also have to have the support of the American people because if we don't go along with it, they ain't going to happen. I can't come up, you know, and, and God damn it, folks, we lived through September 11th, uh, 2001. We got through that. You know, what What could this administration be worse than that? I don't know. I, I, I haven't figured it out yet. And it could be... Mm. 
that could be big, or it could be microscopic. It could be a disease, germ, a virus. It could be an attack on it. And the way the, the, the way the deal with the Iranians are going on, it could be a nuclear attack on it. But I haven't quite figured that out. So if anybody has an idea, what would be so horrendous that we would have to defend the Constitution and declare martial law? You tell me. Actually, what what happened to the whole Ebola thing? Because that used to be like all over the news, and now it just like you know it disappeared. Well, that's because the Ebola disappeared. What happened? Generation. And over the years, we have seen one disease after another that attacks human beings. If it if you know, it mutates into the next generation and it's harmless to humans. Um, Ebola has pretty much been wiped out. But that doesn't mean that there isn't other diseases out there that could cause a catastrophic uh, condition in this, in this country. There are. You know, I mean, my God, we have Fort Detrick, Maryland, uh, which is devoted to chemical warfare. You know, chemical and biological warfare. There's anthrax that's been out there. But if it's a local thing, if you can spread it around and get a lot of people sick. Yeah, that's what happened to Ebola. Ebola has pretty much been eradicated. Uh, I I think it's morphing into another form, uh, one that is not harmful to humans. But, yeah, that would be something, um, some sort of, of infectious, contagious disease outbreak. That would definitely put people inside scared to death. Okay, anyway, um, we actually only have a couple of minutes left here, guys. Okay. Final thoughts? Uh, okay, final thoughts, Lou, and, and make it a minute or under. Final thoughts, please be careful out there. There's a lot of traffic this weekend, I know, because I was in it today. Uh, just be careful. Take your time. Sit back. Relax. Enjoy the view, the scenery. It is so beautiful and green from all the rains. Just be careful. Don't do anything so that either one of these two might get hurt, please. Right. And don't hurt yourselves either. That's it. Okay. Ryan, go right ahead. Uh, complete opposite side of the country is Lou. There's nothing green out here, and it's not really that beautiful. Well, you're in the desert, too, Brian. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm in California. Northern I know, California, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, but you're in the desert part even of Southern California. There's areas down there that are absolutely gorgeous. Actually, it is 104 degrees. Really nice. How much? 104 degrees. I just looked at the temperature. Damn. Yeah, it's better if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize it was that hot. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Sturgis, 
Sturgis is going on this weekend, please watch out for motorcycles. Definitely. Please. That's a big thing. But then again, whenever the uh, the weather starts getting warmer, then you, that's when you really need to start watching out for them. It's not just, you know, Sturgis or Daytona Weekend or any other bike rally. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I noticed on my uh, on my switchboard now, I have a button that says End Episode, and usually when I click it, it asks me, do I want to stay on the air or end? And... Um, it's just saying end episode. Apparently, they've changed this a little bit, um, where I don't get, I don't get the, I don't get the button that says, uh, "Do you want to stay on the air?" So I don't know how to, uh, how to move this past sixty minutes anymore. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Boo. Uh, thanks, everybody. And like we said, be careful out there. And like Brian said, you know, don't run over the biker. Hey, Brian, real quick. Mm-hmm. What, did the, what did the biker say when he hit the tourist truck? The what? What did the biker say when he ran into the tourist truck? I don't know. Here's on me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All righty. Okay, all right, well, uh, hey, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, we will see you here next Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern, for Mountain, uh, for the Interactive Internet, uh, if there isn't a national crisis in between times. So uh, thanks to Ken Bryan, thanks to Ken Lou, and I'm going to close with our, theme, our closing theme. See you here next Sunday afternoon, folks. Bye-bye. Don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Keep smiling through, just like you always do, till the blue skies drive the dark clouds. Far away So will you please say hello To the folks that I know Tell them I won't be long They'll be happy to know That as you saw me go I was singing this song We meet again Don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.